Hey everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. I hope that Radically Loved Radio leaves you feeling inspired to create something powerful. My teacher, Yoga Rupa Raj Stryker, says, if you powerfully believe in the value you have to offer the world, your love and passion for it will be an unstoppable force. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. Hello. Uh, I'm sitting here in Tori's office <laughs> with, with a very special person. She came to visit me. Margo, say hello. <laughs> hello, everyone. So why don't you, for people listening so they don't feel like strangers, tell them who you are <laughs> and how you ended up on my couch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Margo Lightburn, and um, I'm a yoga teacher. I've been teaching yoga for 15 years, and I met Rosie through Yoga Pearl when she was living in Portland and teaching there, and then after she moved to... LA I feel like we that's when we sort of became friends and and I started reaching out to you in sort of a mentor way um, and so I'm a yoga teacher I'm a mom I am a wife and um, I'm just I'm just on a journey right now man <laughs> yeah and she's also what she didn't say is she's also a podcast host yes which I just started my own podcast it's a light burn very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just I was the I was privileged enough to be on her podcast, which was really fun. I think I was the first. Yep, my first interview, which was super exciting, and I've gotten amazing feedback from that one. I have to say, people oh, okay. continue to tell me how great it was. So oh, good. that's fun. Thank you so much. Well, so let's talk about this journey that you're on. I think it's I think we all are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, constantly. I think they call it life. Yeah, right. <laughs> so here, here we are. Uh, Margot just took my class this morning. Yeah, at Wanderlust in Hollywood, and it was it was awesome to have. Oh, I just saw her in Portland a couple weeks ago, but it was so awesome to have a familiar fa- face in class. Even though I'm I'm I've been teaching there for for a couple weeks now. It's it's nice to have. Oh, so that's new. I didn't. Oh yeah, that it's that was really new. new. Yeah, that's awesome. It feels like it's not, but. It is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it felt very comfortable. It felt like oh, it felt like it was totally your class. Yeah. I think yeah. those students are so amazing, and the, yeah. the community at at the studio is is so receptive and so sweet and so eager to learn, and it's just it, it makes yeah. it a, a very uh, fertile ground to teach and to you know practice with them. And yeah, I went great. yesterday to the class. Yes. Um, and Brenna Dwyer was teaching. She was subbing for Natalie. Um, but she had like a couple assistants. There were, I mean, I think there were easily like 100 people in the room, maybe. I don't know. I'm really bad with numbers like that. <laughs> like I would never, 
I would never win the jelly bean game. That's oh, like, no. guess how many jelly beans yeah. are in the jar? I'm like 50 and it's like 500. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, uh, but the Wanderlust experience, I have to say, has been totally awesome. Oh, cool. The cafe there is so good. Um, and, and yeah, and the class was really great yesterday. And then this morning I had like total emotional breakthrough in your class. <sighs> like, and I think it's, um, I think it's something about being in California for me because I grew mm -hmm. up here and, you know, we've talked about how we have that in common. There's something really sort of visceral that happens for me that, um, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little, I want to, <laughs> I want to use the word bipolar, but, um, <laughs> But like I, there's there's something super relaxing about the, um, it's, but bipolar is the wrong word. Huh. It's just conflicting. Okay. Um, like the sun and the landscape and the smell of the eucalyptus and all these things feel like my childhood, which gives me this sense of relax. Yeah. And then I also have all of this history here mm -hmm. that like sits right on the surface of my heart all the time. And then I don't, um, I haven't taken that many yoga classes here. Like I, I studied a little bit, not studied, like didn't get to train, but practiced with Vinnie Marino mm -hmm. um, and practiced with Sarah Ivanhoe and some people like in, on the West side. And, um, and they were, you know, great, but I was really young in my practice then. And now I'm like, I've been practicing for 15 years and um, and now I feel like I can just tap right into that, mm. like that emotional layer of my practice. When I hit that spot, you know, it's like there's just zero armor. There's zero boundaries. Mm. Like I just feel totally tapped into my soul, which is kind of, you know, heavy. But, yeah. but that happened for me this morning. And I think it was location related, but mm. I also think it was just a lovely practice. And then there was this sunbeam that came in from the back window that was like directly on me. And I just had like a, like one of those oh, moments wow. where, yeah. you know, where the tears just start streaming in Shavasana. And I really know what it's all about. And I haven't, I, for the record, just for the listeners right now, I haven't told Rosie any of this. So this is new information for her <laughs> in our conversation. But, um, I was actually going to go and take Emily Perza's class at 10 a.m. after yours. Yeah. And when I was in Shavasana, I was like, I got to go to Culver City. And that's where I grew up. And so I literally texted her and said, something came up. I, I can't come. And I drove to Culver City and I just, um, I actually meditated in Lindbergh Park, which is the park where I used to go as a kid. And I went and saw my old house. And I went and saw the park where, you know, when I was little, I used to go on the swings and get, you know, motion sick. And then when I was a teenager, I used to smoke cigarettes in the park, <laughs> hiding from my parents. I was like, you know, so I really needed to like revisit something. Mm, yeah. And, um, and your class just totally brought all of that to the surface. So thank That's you. That's amazing. No, I mean, I, I think that, I mean, I definitely want to talk about this a little bit more. Like, Especially, you know, you, you, you grew up here and we talked about it on, on your podcast. So as far as your yoga journey, can mm -hmm. you just give us a little bit of background about how you ended up in your teaching practice and, and teaching? Yoga, yeah. yeah. So, um, so it's really, it's a funny story. Um, 
I was running and which is actually funny because of you too because you did the, a marathon yeah. but I ran two marathons in one calendar year because the Chicago, the Chicago Marathon, I ran super fast. I, I, and I was really, I was kind of training to prove something to my boyfriend at the time. I was like, I'm going to be a runner. <laughs> um, one of many decisions I made around men, um, <laughs> like <laughs> trying to learn that lesson repeatedly. Um, but so I, um, I was, I, I did that marathon and then I ran it really fast and I was like two minutes off from actually qualifying for the Boston Marathon. And I was like, oh my God, maybe I'm a runner. I was like, maybe this is my thing, you know? Cause I was like, a, a, you know, I'm a creative and I'm a, um, I, I, I like to dabble in a lot of different things and I get excited about a lot of different things. And when I find something that I'm into, I'm just into it. And so, so I, I tried to run a second marathon, which was grandma's marathon in Duluth. And um, long story short, it was a hilly run and it was terrible. And I didn't qualify for Boston. And I was like, I guess I'm not a runner. Oh, great. <laughs> and not only that, but I had really wrecked my hips quite a bit. Because oh. um, I was like keeping up a lot of mileage. And um, a friend of mine uh, had said to me, you should go to yoga. And I was like, okay. So I went to a yoga place description, found one like on like there was one on Lincoln Avenue in Chicago and and I was like, okay, and I'm reading the yoga descriptions and it's like Ashtanga and I was like, that sounds good. Oh no. True story. <laughs> so two days after I ran this marathon, two days, I'm still having trouble going downstairs. <laughs> I go into a primary series class. And I am a total shit show. <laughs> and the teacher was um, an Ashtanga teacher, and I'm just gonna say, was um, not the kindest of oh. human beings to, <laughs> in my struggle. Um, and in retrospect, as a teacher, I'm sure it was so difficult to lead her class yeah. with this total shit show right. of a young girl. And I had no etiquette. I mean, I had zero. I was like, I did not know what I was walking into. And um, and I said, but at the end, you know, of course, we had Shavasana. I felt amazing. And I, of course, was like, oh, my God, can I do this more? Can I come? When should I come back to class? Yeah. And she said, well, and this is quote. She said, if you're gonna go out and wreck your body running every other day of the week, then you really shouldn't be coming to this class. Like this is a discipline and you shouldn't be basically doing that. I'm sure she was a very old school teacher. Yeah. I don't even know who she is. Like I have no idea. Um, and so I was super defeated, didn't want to you know, go back to yoga. And um, I don't know, I think it was maybe three to six months later I was talking with another friend of mine who was a soccer player on the Chicago Fire, and he had torn his ACL. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I'm doing this Bikram yoga um, class, and it's really awesome. And he was training, do, like he couldn't train because of his ACL, so he was doing Bikram yoga. Mm -hmm. I have mixed feelings about that, but just for historical purposes. Um, and so uh, the <laughs> I was traveling on business. I was in Atlanta, Georgia. And I was going out for a run because that was my exercise and what I still did. It was about dusk, it was the evening. 
and I was running and I was trying to get a nine mile run in. And I got about five miles into my run and I realized I was in not a place that you wanna be running in Atlanta, Georgia as the sun was going down. And I was like, I need to turn around and go back right now. And I, and I actually felt like running couldn't be my thing, like long distance could, running couldn't be my thing. This was before cell phones and GPS. This was before like a Waze app that would show you like More. where to go. Yeah. I just was like running for time and I ended up in a neighborhood that I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and so anyway, the next day I have to go to Staples to get some stuff from this office that I'm working for, this company. And next to the Staples is a Bikram yoga studio. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'll try that because it was good enough for my friend from the Chicago Fire. Yeah. And the day I walked in, they were starting like a 30-day challenge. And I was going to be in Atlanta working for this office for roughly about 30 days. So yeah. I was like, well, I'll do that. And that was the beginning of my yoga journey. And I think a lot of people started in Bikram. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of, there's a lot of controversy around that, mm -hmm. which I fully support the controversy. Of course. <laughs> like, um, we cannot have sexual predators as gurus. Yes. And, um, and there was a, there was a lot of weirdness in, in some of the Bikram studios. Yeah. Well, I mean, talking about weird, I mean, I don't want to get off topic, but I think it's, it's. What is our topic? I don't Who know. Cares? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, apropos to what we're talking about, what have you been, have you heard, I mean, I know a lot of friends of mine have posted, you know, with this uh, Me Too movement, yeah. expressing, you know, abuse of power, and for us, especially in this yoga community, what has been your experience with that? Curious. Oof. Um, you know, I'm lucky I haven't had a ton of personal experience. Um... I think that I've had some things in my past and childhood that have prepared me for predators. Mm -hmm. And so I do not, I'm, I wanna say this really um, carefully. I don't think that I'm not looked at as a victim and because I'm just always um, super hyper aware because I have been a victim. And so um, I'm like a, it's like basically a don't mess with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, and I mean, we all need to have that. And, mm -hmm. and anybody who has been victimized, it definitely, you know, I'm not saying that they don't have that. It's just, it, it's, the, it's just an awareness, which is a whole topic of conversation that I could tangent on, but I'm working on something to like personally to develop that. But I um, I went from that Bikram experience um, and just practicing Bikram straight into power vinyasa. And um, a teacher named Jeanette came back from a teacher training with Baron Baptiste. And I took her class after her training. And I was like, we did a, a, the journey into power Baron Baptiste flow, the first class that I had ever taken of power vinyasa. And I was like, wait, there's other poses than the 26 poses. Like I, I was so 
naive to yoga and understanding like the the depths of the poses and 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 I really think there's a ton of confusion out there for people trying to get into the yoga um not not industry but um practice yeah that there's a ton of confusion like Absolutely. like me just walking into a to an ashtanga class two days after running a marathon people think that yoga is just yoga and I, I talked a little bit about this on my own podcast um on the fourth episode but um but really i i have been lucky to not have people abuse me with their power i will i will share one story um at my level two teacher training with with baron baptiste um i gave a little too much power and let me explain this. He was having one-on-ones with everybody. There was mm-hmm. a time when it was only about 40 or 45 people. We were at um, Feathered Pipe Ranch in Montana. And um, I, I struggled a lot with body image as being a yoga teacher. And, um, and that body image thing just really, th- like it was my identity as a yoga teacher was so wrapped up in that. It's, I mean, it's still something that I work on. Um, but so he was having these one-on-ones and he had given a, com- he had, he had spoken to the fact that somebody in the training, you know, wasn't wearing clothes and like kind of taking care of himself in a way that, that indicated like integrity. So he was sort of talking about Saucha mm-hmm. and like, you know, for those of you listening, Saucha is like a, the cleanliness and, you know, um, feeling pure when you're practicing and um, meaning that like you're not in dirty clothes and you're not, um, you know, you, and you don't smell when you come in the yoga studio. Right. Let's it's just, just etiquette. It. It's part of it's the etiquette. yamas and niyamas. Yes. It's part of the eight limbs of yoga. Yeah. It's part of our practice to be able to take care of yourself and cleanliness right. and right. Right. not only just your your body internal right. and external right right and, and you know it's just part of etiquette you guys I mean this is I mean not you're to, sharing space you're sharing with space people. with people mm-hmm. you know I, I'm a teacher I touch bodies you know it's <laughs> like I like to touch bodies that are clean sweat right not grimy sweat Right, and like we're not saying put on a face full of makeup and go into your yoga practice, no. but like rinse your pits. Like even just a little cowboy bath yeah. sometimes can really do the trick for the this whole class. This is for class. both male and females. <laughs> side note. Side note. Right. Um, exactly. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, thank you so, for addressing that. So for whatever reason, I took that conversation that he had about Saucha as an invitation to get his gauge and feeling on me and how I looked. So I went into my one-on-one, you know, with Baron after he's been one-on-one meeting with, you know, 40 people, and I was the last person that he met with. So I think his wick was very short. And um, I said, you know, it really spoke to me what you said this morning about like taking care of ourselves. And I said, and I think my insecurity is really about my body and just feeling like people might not feel like I'm a real yoga teacher like if I'm, you know, if I don't have a, a better figure, basically. And he said, well, he's like, I mean, you could lose like 20 or 30 pounds. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I just like tried to sit there and not burst into tears, you oh know? Oh my goodness. And um, wow. this has been my whole life. I could lose 10 to 15 pounds. 
And so the the whole the story, I I gave him the power. I yeah. gave him the power to give me his opinion. I walked right into it. I yeah. did it to myself. Mm. Um, but there was a little bit of a journey after that. It was our last practice of the day, or of the week, actually. It was our last practice. The room was tiny. And if your mat wasn't perfectly set up, like you wouldn't have space. I went for like a walk to try to process what he had said to me and um, that I asked him to say to me, but that he said to me and like how horrible that felt. And I went, I was late to the last practice and there was no place for me to put my yoga mat. Um, and Oh no, wait, that wasn't it. I, I got my mat down, but I left because I was like, I can't be on my mat right now. I started mm -hmm, crying. Mm -hmm. And when I came back, this girl had put her mat over uh -huh. my mat and took my space. <gasps> and I was like, <gasps> and then I'm now I'm just hysterically sobbing because yeah. now I'm like overweight. I've got no, I'm like persona non grata, like somebody's on my mat. And, um, and so I finally came back in when everybody broke from the asana practice and we were just in a circle. Yeah. And we were, you know, saying whatever our intention to leave the teacher training was with and whatever. And um, and I said, you know, something about confidence, which is just always, it's just, it's my Achilles heel. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I went up to the girl afterwards and I said, uh, I wish I knew her name, but I said, you, do you know that you put your mat on top of my mat? And she said, yes. And I said, why did you do that? And she said, because I figured if you were ready to have it back, you would have asked me for it. And I was like, oh, snap. Mm. And she put me in a place of like, you're the one who's not saying what you need. Yeah. If, you, if I'm on your spot, get me out of your spot. And I was like, I learned almost more from that one girl in interaction about myself than I did from, from Baron in a week, although I love Baron, but he's, you know. So anyway, I, um, I had the realization after that conversation with her, I was like, Baron's a guy. Like he's, he's a yoga teacher and he's an amazing, inspiring and powerful yoga teacher. And I really bond and, bonded and connected to him and really credit him for a lot of my, I mean, for most of my teaching. And I've grown and studied and practiced with other people, but like really at the root and the foundation, people will still come up to me and say, you know, oh, did you train with Baron? And there's something about the flavor yeah. that's familiar but I was like, he's still a dude. And he might look at me and think, oh, she, yeah, she could use 20 pounds, like in his, like, yeah. you know, um, dude mind. Sure. Um, and I think we all, you know, we do that as teachers sometimes where we're not being as sensitive to how impactful, like, our words can be with our students. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that something that we just say off the cuff in a moment of like total humanness is like really heavy for somebody else. Yeah. And um, and that's part of the learning too. Yeah. You know. Of course. Um, for them. Yes. And for us, but you know, we're just people. We're we're totally just people. Yeah. Like, um, 
and and I think he was just being he was tired. He had been talking with, you know, multiple people throughout the day, and I was at the end, and he just was like, yeah, maybe you could lose twenty pounds yeah. or so. Meanwhile, I was like, ah, uh-huh. pull the knife out of my heart. Right. It's like. So, I, I don't know. I think it's still totally insensitive and it's completely <laughs> out of like, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not sorry. Actually, this is my show. And if you're offended, right. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I, I think that's absolutely uh, disrespectful. And I don't think that that's a place for for uh, yoga. That's not what yoga is about. It's not. That's you the know. thing. That's so. the thing. And so exactly. And so two things, there were two things at play, him just being like in a, in a, dude moment like Mm -hmm. a guy I think and then me abdicating my own self-worth and and giving him like the power to that sure um and needing some approval or validation that that was actually uh just some some approval or validation that that I needed to find on my own yeah, and so I think that that's, uh, it speaks to uh, a topic that you and I have talked about before, mm-hmm. this this uh, idea that confidence can somehow be validated by an external right. entity. Right. So, and, this, and we all do it. We all, every single one of us, uh, likes the, you guys, I'm sorry, but if you hear a little sound, it's Rocky is in here with us right now and he's snoring and I keep trying to like tap him. I'm so sorry. I don't want to wake it's him not, up. It's you not guys. my stomach growling. You I guys. Know. It's, it's a snoring. And French, he's, he's Frenchy. like, he's 15 years old. He's an old man and I'm just going to let him do what he wants. Cause that's what happens when you have a doggy. That's a, a old man and he doesn't want to move and I'm not going to make him. So, um, and I just, fully support that decision. <laughs> Great. He's so comfortable. So when you hear the snoring in the background, it's not Rosie it's or I. It's not either of us. It's not our tummies or, or any other crevices. It's it's Rocky. Okay. So yes. Yeah, so this this whole thing that that we all sort of we don't need it, but but we kind of do sometimes, and it's kind of nice sometimes to yeah. get the external validation. But I think if we don't. You know, it, it's a very fine line, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a very tight rope that we walk on. Right. And if if we don't work on our own ability to uh, serve our own, you know, self-esteem or confidence, then it, and, if, and if we only rely on, on others or things or... or uh, results to show us how valuable we are then I think that you know we we come up with a lot of problems a lot of the time and we have a lot of issues so yeah I think that that's definitely a topic you and I have talked about before and 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 I think just admitting that um that we're all working on it we don't have it all figured out and um you know like I'd love to just say you know I am the most confident like I'm just gonna say, I try not to curse on my on my podcast. I'm cursing all over yours, but I'm like I'm the most confident bitch on the on the planet. You know, like I'd love to be able to say that. Yeah. But doesn't it make me stronger in a way to say no? Actually, I'm feeling insecure about this, and I want to work through that. Yeah. And I want to, 
learn why, like, why am I feeling insecure about yeah. this? Or, um, or go deeper into the layers of like, what fundamental thing is missing yeah. and figure out what that is so that, you know, so that maybe five years from now, 10 years from now, or maybe the day I die, I can say, oh yeah, I really am the most confident bitch on the planet now, Yeah. but it took me a long time to get here. You know? Yeah, and I this is a this is one of the things that I really love and admire about you is your ability to be able to say that out loud. To be like, Oh, this made me really insecure. I don't really know what to do about that or you know, and I'm like, I love that because to me it takes way more courage to admit that. It takes right. way more courage to admit like I was really you know, like I was a little jelly about that thing right. or right. you know, talking to one of my friends, I remember this like years ago, um, we were up for a job together, she ended up getting it, and uh -huh. of course I was like, why, 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 why? Right. And, you know, and I told her about it, and I didn't tell her in a way because I wanted her to make me feel better about myself, it was just like, I just, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a little jelly. I'm really happy for you, and I'm really right. genuinely excited for you, but, yeah, there's a little bit of, there's a thing. And what is that little thing? And I think that exactly to your point, we have to ask the questions and unravel where it's coming from because it's coming right. from somewhere. Yeah. Oh, totally. The, totally. I actually, so my latest podcast that I don't even think has gone up yet, like we wanted it to go up today, but me traveling and stuff like that, I think it'll go up this week. Um, I didn't, I had somebody set up for an interview. It fell through, which was fine. Um, I'm totally committed to recording and, and really just being like um, consistent with mm -hmm. the podcast. Yeah. And so I was like, well, what do I want to record? And what was coming up for me was sort of my like yoga list of imperfections. And um, that list of imperfections includes um, a few different topics. Which were which you can go and listen to the podcast so that I'm not like doubling up here, but um, but it was my um, my things that I almost just want to expose before anybody could ever get you know like that like that saying that's like nobody can ever blackmail you not that anybody's intending to blackmail me sure but nobody can blackmail you if you're if you're out and a, like totally open with your truth. And so I am about being out and open with my truth, even when it's like a little bit insecure. And here's the thing, like, isn't that how we learn and how we grow? Like, if we can't show up with people with our failures, then how are we ever supposed to learn from them? Like, yeah. how am I supposed to be a mom and, you know, help him deal with the things that he's going to deal with and both my sons, the things that they're going to deal with? If I if I'm not exposing the the hard truth of just who I am, which yeah. is sometimes insecure, sometimes super confident, like I'm really confident in a few things. Like, like a, what? Tell me. Um, I'm a confident singer. I'm a singer. <laughs> I love that. I am a very confident driver. I love to drive like a mofo. <laughs> <laughs> like I like to drive. <laughs> And um, I'm actually confident as a parent, like I feel like I'm doing a good job, you know. Um, it's taken me a while to get there, you know, um, but now Kingston is eight and my stepson Shane is 17 and I feel like, 
And actually one of my one of my favorite stories is there was on um, Facebook a, a, a couple years ago, there was this thing going around like interview your children and ask them these questions. And um, actually, I'd, like, I'd love to do a podcast and ask them to answer those questions oh, that's again. Cool. Yeah. Because it was so informative. Yeah. Um, there were, you know, what does is, what is mommy love? Um, and Kingston was like, uh, will you love me? <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Mom, come on. And he's like, and, and you love yoga. You know, it was like, what's your favorite food? And what's your, you know, um, one was like, what's your favorite pastime? And this was one of the big failures that I will just admit. He was like, well, you really like being on your phone. And I was like, oh, like, you know, but it's it's hard. I do a lot of work through my phone. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes I'm sitting and watching, you know, a cartoon or something with him or a movie with him that, you know, we're not watching like a movie that I really want to be super interested <laughs> <Right>. in. So I'm sort of like... Half on the phone, half off. I mean, I'm not on my phone like when we're sitting at dinner together at the dinner table. Yeah. But, you know, yes, I'll watch Phineas and Ferb with you, which is like a cartoon. <laughs> Am I super stoked on Phineas and Ferb? Ferb? No, not really. I mean, it's okay. But <laughs> anyway, but this, this the point of this is um, I asked Shane, who was um, 15 at the time when I did this little interview with him, the last question was, what is mommy really good at? And Kingston said, mommy's really good at yoga. And Shane said, well, you're really good at parenting. He said, you're a really good mom. And I like, I mean, it could make me cry, like just thinking about it right now, because I was like, oh my God, I didn't, was, nothing was prompted, nothing was, he just really said that. And he's 15 and he's been watching me try to parent Kingston since he was eight and be in his life too. Yeah. And so I really felt like at 15 years old, like he, he must feel like that's solid yeah. and good. And I'm like, I'm doing a good job. Like that m tiny moment, I'm like, okay, I'm doing a good job, Ugh. you know? How does your yoga practice inform the way you parent? Does it? It totally does. Um, it, it's there's a pause and a reaction time that you're always trying to cultivate um, to not like uh, you just react you know like yoga teaches us to not 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 react because sometimes you have to react but it teaches you like the clarity of your reaction yeah and so um, that I think is how it informs my parenting is I sometimes will just have to pause and and I've made mistakes of course and you know snapped and been you know loud or even angry um, and but the other thing that yoga has really taught me is how to go back and apologize and you know us as parents we don't have it all figured out and we make mistakes and I don't think it's a sign of weakness to go to your children if you've acted poorly and say, I'm sorry, I had a long day, I'm tired, I didn't mean to say that to you, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, I didn't mean to lose my patience, you know, I'm just distracted or whatever. And because that's what you're teaching about relationships. Yeah. Like, don't you want your, your coworkers and spouse and, 
you know, children and everybody to be able to look each other in the face and say, wow, I'm really sorry I didn't mean to react the way that I just did. And if we can learn and grow from that place, like that's, then everything will be okay. It's when we get so stuck and steadfast in our, um, in our like ways, our regimented ways. And sometimes those ways are not even that of our own choice. They're like coming down from our parents and those patterns and things like that. And so, you know, like Kingston's not at this point yet, but I can, I can see myself in the future, you know, saying something stupid or reacting in a, in a bad negative way and, and saying to him, Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't me. That was my mother. <laughs> I, that you're, I don't do that. You know, that, that's that actually, me. that's something Sharon would say right there. So sorry about that. That was my Sharon coming through, you know, and not that it was always bad, but my mom's a little loony sometimes. <laughs> I love that. I love the, the, the recognition of it. And I think that, you know, I, I, I like to think that our practice, that's what it's for. Right. Yeah. And, and it also allows us to, to, be okay with the fact that we're human and that we can still snap and that we can still, you know, yeah, be human. Like totally. that's just that's part of our our innate nature to, you know, react to things and to have emotions and not be yeah. robots. You know, yeah. Um, I, I like what what you said about how it, it's you know these things in your life that have have created this confidence in you that's sort of like and and you can just tell just even with your physicality you're you're like oh not apologetic about my confidence about this because this is like my jam you right, know like right. this is it <laughs> so how how have you been able to utilize that same uh essence in other parts of your life um that's a good question. You know, I think it's I think it's the old sort of act as if. Like if yeah. you're confident in one way, like if I can get up and sing the national anthem in front of, you know, you know, hundreds of people, then those um, those moments, like, you know, because I've done that, those moments give you the wherewithal in almost any circumstance that you feel a little shaky about to be like, listen, if you can go and do that, then you can definitely do this. Um, I think that as we get older, we are confronted less and less with those opportunities yeah. to try something new and different because we we do get into our routines and maybe we drive to work, do our work, drive home, and there's just less of the, the discovery. Mm. And which is why I think I'm always like on a path of, seeking and trying yeah. to find and new, do new things. Like, I love yoga and I'll never not do yoga, um, but I'm ready for more right now. And I've been seeking more and um, I want more, something more dynamic and something more cathartic. Um, and, and yoga is totally cathartic, don't get me wrong, but I wanna move my body in different ways that challenge me differently now. And yeah. I think that that happens when you've been practicing something or doing a certain thing, like Anything. whatever sport or activity yeah. or, you know, even if it's painting or singing, it's like you want to step outside of your genre and be like, I want to mix it up now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, it's, it's part of just our own 
desire to evolve and to to not remain stagnant right and and to not be afraid to do something or to be afraid i mean part of uh one of the things that i like to do and this is somebody something that uh, a dear friend uh slash mentor told me was absolutely vital to growth was to surround yourself with people that scare you (laughs) you know like scare you in the way that you feel like you want to make yourself small in the room because everyone else is so big and it's so (laughs) scary and you're like what am I doing here with all of these people things that you would shy away from and be like oh I don't I don't belong I don't belong here and, and, right. and I think it's important for us to be able to put ourselves in situations. Not always. I'm not saying be sadistic in your emotional <laughs> development. Right. I'm saying it's important for us to be around people that are going to challenge us is right. essentially what the point is. Yeah. Well, and, you know, going back to growing up in California, I grew up with, you know, different famous people and, um, you know, really sometimes really powerful people. And... Um, I don't, um, like people, I'm not scared of people, but I'm, I love to be in a room where I'm challenged by people. Like, you know, I've said this before, but like Brian, my husband, like he challenges me. Like he's the one that, you know, um, I always say like I chose my hardest student. Like he's just, you know, so... Anyway, that's a whole other conversation, but, and he's told me clearly that he doesn't want to be a topic, but he just is a topic because he's in my life. And so, you know, there are people who just kind of call you on your stuff, um, and I'm not scared, but I can be challenged by people. Most of the time when people are challenging me, it's like just a reflection of what you already know, of course, of course, but you don't really want to hear. That's right. Um, (laughs) Where you're like, oh yeah, I see myself doing that. (laughs) I didn't need you to tell me I was doing it too. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and I, and as we're, you know, this cumulative process of life, like what I'm super interested in right now and what I'm, this journey that I'm going through right now, um, I'm about to be 44 years old, there's been some really pivotal moments in my life, um, some really good and some really bad that I'm, going back over right now that um, <clears throat> that are helping me figure out who I am right now. Mm. Like as I'm sitting here with you, like I, I look down over my leg and I my scar is exposed on my leg from a fire we had when I was a kid. When we first moved to Minnesota, we had a fire in our kitchen and um, and I have like a giant burn scar on my leg and, um, it's not a woe is me. I didn't lose my leg. Um, I was in the hospital for a long time. They shaved my head so that they could take a skin graft from the back of my head. I was 15 and I had a half shaved head. Um, and they sent me back to school to see if it would heal, um, and how it would heal. And, um, when I look back on that, everybody said, oh, it's gonna build character, you know, because I did at that time feel like, why did this happen to me, mm-hmm. you know? And we just moved and I, I've, I made friends fast because I was, I totally attribute that to being from California. I was instantly 
you know, very welcomed. And, um, and to some Minnesota nice. Let's just credit the Minnesota yeah, nice, Yeah, come too. on, Midwest. Let's give it up for the Midwesterners. <laughs> totally. Love them. Yeah. White bear, go bears. <laughs> go bears. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I did feel like, why did this happen? And now when I, I look at why that happened, I, you know, I needed some of that character building. Um, I'm, I sit from a very privileged place. And, um, I mean, I'm not saying like, oh good, I got burned in a fire. <laughs> like everybody go get burned in a fire now. Oh no, <laughs> but it, it added and, and, and created depth for me yeah. as a person. Yeah. Um, and there's been lots of things that have done that. Um, so when you look at the cumulative process and why you're continuing to, you know, seek and go over things and like, why is it important for me to, you know, today at the end of class to go back to Culver City yeah. and revisit that? There's something that I'm, I mean, I'm working on a book and I'm working on some things um, that I'm processing with all of that. And I think I just like, it was a, a soul speaking moment when you hear your intuition and you don't pass go and you text your friend that you were going to meet and you say, I'm sorry, I can't. I have to follow my soul's like calling right now. Like as cheesy as that sounds, yeah. I have to follow that instinct, which also is when you get the gut in instinct that's um, like warning you. Yeah. Sometimes we get the warning of the instinct and like this is largely like what my my book is about is like the warning instinct yeah that sometimes we dull down and we don't want to listen to going all the way back to me too like hashtag me too like often we know when we're in a dangerous situation and some then sometimes we don't know how to get out of it yeah or like you can't actually believe that it's happening and then when you leave it later you're like that really happened i had a bad doctor experience one time just sort of hand that rocks the cradle, if you will, that I was like, that felt really weird. And I don't know if that was weird, but it felt weird. And if it feels weird and your stomach goes, like it was probably freaking weird. Yeah. And like actually, and you can't believe it's happening in the moment sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, and our defense mechanism is to go, no, no, that's not happening. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, oh no, that's happening. What now, what do I do? Yeah. What has been your, I mean, as far as like tapping into that intuition or, or maybe it's an innate wisdom, are there any sort of, is there a mantra that you've always abided by or something that you've always told yourself? Well, it's funny because, um, and I'm really not trying to do this as like, oh, cliffhanger, 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 or like promote because I'm nowhere near like finishing or publishing a book. Like I haven't even decided, I've written most of it, but I haven't even decided if it's a written or if it's an audio. Like I think something's happening with the podcast that's helping lend me to an audio book because I, I almost feel like I wanna tell the story instead of write the story, although I've already written the story, if that makes any sense. Um, that is largely what it's about is, um, you know, that when I was a child, like 
in a moment of just total deep knowing and instinct, I knew that something bad was going to happen to me, and it did. And I feel like I've been trying to unlearn my way back to that depth of knowing again in my 40s now and trusting that that gut instinct like today and just going when it's Mm -hmm. like you're being called to go so I'm trying to relearn what that mantra is like Mm. because I know I had it like I know that I have like there's a that some people have an intuitive gift and I know that I have some of that intuitive gift and I've like shied away from it I've I've tried to make it not um, you know in, in an attempt of not being feeling like you're weird or different mm-hmm. or um, or in people sometimes tell you they, they like that they don't even believe things like that you know <laughs> and so so you dull those things down and now I'm like oh no that's real um, and I want to hear that voice again. I want to hear that voice that, that told me what to do, that helped me through a really difficult time. Why did I ever stop listening to that voice? Because that voice, it's your soul speaking. Yeah. It's your intuition. And in my case, it literally saved my life. And in, in other ways in my career and throughout my life, it's, it's guided me for sure. Yeah. Um, but... I think we get out of the habit of listening to that to those deep inner knowings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because there's so much chatter. Yeah, there is. There's so much chatter. Wow. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. <laughs> I'm like trying. This is the thing. Also, I just. I mean, you, you kind of. You, there's a lot to there's talk about lot. there. So, <laughs> and I want to be respectful of of your time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, you know, we can have another full hour discussion on this. <laughs> So we'll leave it at a, at a cliffhanger for part two of Tea Time with Margot. <laughs> um, I, I think so much of what you said, I think, is, is so uh, inspiring because it, it, it's really about you allowing yourself to evolve and to continue to be curious and to continue to ask questions and to continue to learn yeah, you know, uh, and again, that's something that I've I've really admired about you is your ability to that's be funny. authentic and to be honest and to just do. You're a doer. That's what you are. You're a doer. I like oh, doers. It's like the best compliment. <laughs> it really is. Seriously. <laughs> so I so and and I really uh, I am fully confident in in knowing that since you are a doer, that all of those things are going to happen. You know, so so I'm really excited to to see it and just to well and just trusting and manifesting with our like with ourselves like seeing the vision, not thinking it's a crazy pipe dream right and just going, okay yeah it might not happen right now, but but like the doer yes is saying eventually that will happen exactly, so to wrap up our conversation. I don't really want to, but I guess it's time. <laughs> tea time. Tea, tea time. is delicious, tea is, by the way. Oh, good. We really are delicious. drinking tea. We really yes. are. Yeah. <laughs> and Rocky is really still snoring. <laughs> um, what? So I always end by talking about why I created this podcast in this forum. And, and it's really, it's, it's, 
it's about us and it's about our community. And I, I, I love the fact that I'm able to just have these conversations with people in my life because I think it's important for yeah. us to just have conversations and for the people listening to also be a part of the conversation. Yeah. So radically loved is this belief that we are completely supported by the world at large. Mm-hmm. the universe works for you not against you and we are all radically loved so how do you feel radically loved and what do you radically love um so i know that you ask this question <laughs> because i listen to your podcast <laughs> and i have really been trying to sort of you know think of what my what my you know clever answer would be um and, and w- the irony is that, you know, I think I'm still searching. Mm. And I, again, like, not trying to sound, you know, martyrish or anything like that, but I think I'm still searching for that full feeling. Like, I'm a mom and I'm a wife and I radically love my family and role in that way. Um, but to me radically loved is when you have complete full self-love too and so like i'm still on that i'm discovering that of like um how i radically love and then when i feel radically loved it's the same thing i mean kingston radically loves me like I say I love you and he's like I love you more and I'm like I love you more and he's like no I really he's like I don't think you understand how much I love you like he's eight you know and I'm like can I just I need to get it on video like I know it's gonna change um so he makes me feel radically loved for sure um but but for me, there's just always go- there's going to be there if it's not even just with him, like there's always going to be more. Um, and that's not to sound like I'm not content with it, but the love that I'll feel for for my family and, you know, 10 years from now versus what I feel now is probably that much more. Mm. So radically loved is just constantly growing. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that was it, I guess. It just came that, out. That was good. That was See? it. See, you didn't even have to think about it. Uh, so for the people listening to the podcast, where can they go to learn more about you or to follow you and see what you're up to? So my Instagram is usually where I'm like the most uh, active. active. And that's Margot Yoga, M-A-R-G-O, no T, Yoga, Y-O-G-A. Um, and the podcast is The Light Burn, and you can find that on iTunes. And, um, and then my website is mklightburn.com. Uh, so if you guys want to reach out to me, I would love to hear from you. And I can't thank you enough, Rosie. Oh, stop. <laughs> this is so much fun. So everyone listening will have all of those links uh, linked up on the show notes. So if you click on the podcast, all those links to where you can stalk her um, <laughs> are on there. And uh, I'm so I'm so grateful that you came over. I'm glad we did this. I know and um, I'm, I'm so excited to... You're a huge catalyst. You've just come into my life at exactly the right time where I've just needed that. I keep saying that push through the door, but you're a, you're a 
you're a catalyst for a lot of people. So. I've been waiting for this moment, you guys. I snuck in there like a ninja <laughs> and I got in there right at the perfect time. Thank you everyone for listening. Margo, you're the best. Thank you so much. Bye guys. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.